Welcome to the What the Data podcast with your hosts, Mitch and Leo. Hello, Mitch. How's it going? Hey, Lior. Uh, great. I'm currently hiding in my basement because my neighbors are renovating their apartment. So I hope the hammering sounds won't be too loud. Uh, apart from that, I'm, I'm fine. You know, it's just a little bit awkward, you know, sitting on the floor and just speaking into the microphone. So what's, what's the topic for today? What, what did you prepare for today for us? Me? I didn't prepare anything, but I was thinking about maybe we can talk a little bit about tracking because it's becoming a hot topic after the IDFA change from iOS coming and all the changes that are going to come afterwards. It's going to be amazing, right? I always assumed that tracking would just be another thing a programmer does, you know, so you send all kinds of data around from the front end to the back end and the other way around and I, I never understood why, you know, sending one additional request to an external server was always this big of a deal. Um, I think the explanation is really just that it's boring. You know, I don't think any programmer wants to deal with it. So that's how you rope some marketing people usually into the process, right? You know, you give them the tag manager yeah. or some other tool. Uh, and, and then you kind of try to make it the marketing people's problem just because for programmers it's just too boring. Of course, then in the end you have people who are supposed to work with this stuff who are not necessarily trained for it. So you put in Google, the Google Tag Manager to the front end, and then a marketing person can put in all these marketing pixels one by one whenever they see fit. Um, these, unfortunately, Google Tag Manager doesn't really have a solution for backend tracking. Your conversion uh, system, your backend that may be written in Java. Um, in those cases, usually you have solutions like Segment or Snowplow, where, you again, you need a programmer to implement them in, in a basic setting, but then someone else can actually just kind of use this, this foundation and work with it. You're trying a lot, of, a lot of tools here. I don't think that most of our audience is even going to know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's, that's the worst thing because they all do very similar things. Some of them are free. Some of them cost thousands and thousands of euros. And people neither have the patience nor the interest nor the time to figure out which, which one is the best solution for them. Yeah, but the problem is that you have so many tools out there, right? So you have Amplitude, you have Google Analytics, you have Google Firebase. You have a mix panel that people are using. There is so many tools existing out there that you're paying a lot of money for the service, right? This is not coming cheap. I mean, that's, that's the, the other weird thing is that um, essentially some tools are just in charge of collecting your data and some of them are just in charge of displaying your data. So you somehow have to connect these two. And, and I'm not quite aware of like a lot of solutions that are out of the box and solve all those issues for you. Um, so even if you spend a lot of money on Mixpanel, you may not be tracking the data properly. So you may not be collecting the information that you need to actually get good dashboards out of it. Or you spend a lot of money on having Tableau, and then you don't have a data warehouse to connect to. And then Tableau just has to connect to maybe Google Analytics or some other like aggregated data source. And then you just waste a ton of money on visualization without having any data to visualize, right? Yeah, but let, let me stop you here. So let's say that we're going with a Google Analytics, we still need to set up the properties. We need still to tell him what he needs to track. It's not that they're going to track everything automatically, right? This is this is something that's not going to happen. There is no tool that's going to do it. I mean, that's Google Analytics can be implemented relatively cheaply, to, so to speak. To just you just kind of put in one tag for collecting um, collecting the session data, um, and then maybe a few events that you have to configure for yourself. 
Um, and this wouldn't be a terrible solution. It's just you very quickly kind of land at the, you, you reach the end of, of what you get in the free tier, for example, because you will just only get reports that are subsampled based on a smaller group of your, of your traffic. Um, that's just a way for Google to save a little bit of money on it. Um, you may also not have a, a proper setup that filters out bot traffic, for example, so your numbers may not be correct. So it starts out almost free, and then you hit a wall the moment you kind of tr try to become more, a little bit more professional. Um, and then the next step would be to go to like an extremely expensive paid solution. So what, what are we talking here about costs? How much is it more or less? It depends because Google is also, of course, they, ha they have a relatively big stack with like a lot of different solutions that they're going to try to sell you. So there could be a big query could be in there as your own data warehouse. There could be an A-B testing tool. So it, it's kind of hard to just give one specific price of what you're looking for. It's just this weird gap of something that is almost free and very easy to set up. And then you have to jump into being more sophisticated and putting down way more money than you may have expected. So basically like uh, building a kitchen, right? You're thinking that it's going to be something simple. You go, you buy it in Ikea, and then you discover that, oh boy, the floor is uneven, the wall is uneven, and I need to start fixing them now. Uh, and then it's also coming to the point that, great, I managed to track it. Now what am I doing with it? And when we tested back then Data Studio, I remember it was a must horrible experience I ever had in my life to actually visualize a user path using it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the other side of, you know, just having all these different kind of sets of tools, right? As I said before, maybe you, you set up Mixpanel, you pay a lot of money for it, but the data that's going in is not super useful. Um, or maybe you collect uh, the data that's properly, but then you only have like the Google Data Studio to just make some, some, some very basic um, aggregated dashboards. Um, these visualization tools, you know, they're not code based. So, you know, like as a, as a programmer, you would expect to have like a, to have a version control system that makes sure you, you always, that every change is documented and that you kind of know what other people have been up to. Um, with these tools, it's really just, you point and click and, and, and drag and drop stuff around. And then no one really knows what, if something breaks, you don't quite know why and how. And if you have to fix it, people also don't have a lot of transparency in what has been going on. At the same time, the more complex these kind of dashboards get that you build with these solutions, like Data Studio, for example, um, the more you, ha you have dependencies that you didn't have before. Or like, I think a better example is, is a case like Tableau, where you, sp you, you build a lot of aggregation and a lot of data uh, engineering logic into the dashboard itself. And then it's almost impossible to ever move on to a new tool. So let's, let's face it. So we have Mixpanel or Google Analytics or whatever other tool that we are using, Amplitude, for tracking. But then we still need to download this raw data and store it somewhere, right? So it, it means that even if you paid for such a tool 120,000 euros, or even if you paid 50,000 euros, there are still many more costs that are going to be on top of it just to be able to actually use the data that's being stored in there. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, they try to make it simple for you. Um, by managing your data and just only showing you the dashboards. The problem is you, if you have your analysts in the company who want to download the raw data and actually do some analyses on it, um, the kind of stuff that the mixed panel developers maybe didn't think of, you know, maybe a, a special kind of lifetime value calculation, maybe looking at how individual users are behaving in one cohort compared to another based on your own definitions. Um, Maybe things about cleaning the data sets by just removing certain kinds of customers out of, out of your data. Um, 
essentially all kinds of things that as a digital analyst or a data scientist you would want to do, then you would have to get some kind of user-level data out of it, right? Um, And then all the simplicity that you get out of Mixpanel or your visualization tools that are kind of like one-size-fits-all solutions or Google Analytics even, um, all that simplicity becomes a burden and becomes a problem for you because now you have to find a second place to kind of download the raw data. So for uh, Google Analytics, you would also just kind of get into booking BigQuery because BigQuery is a data warehouse where you can write your SQL queries and get the raw data out of it. Um, And now you already paid some money to get into the game and now you're paying more and more just to kind of get get your, your own data back, right? Um, yeah. it's even, there's even agencies to do these kind of things where... Yeah, but let me, stop you. let me stop you here. Let's face it. You need somebody to help you to have ground zero for tracking. You won't be able to do it by yourself. Yes, you need someone, you need someone to help you. But at the same time, you also have to make sure that this person is trying to help you get off the ground. Because a lot of the bad consultants are just trying to get you addicted to their help. You know, if they have a, a very clever way of kind of like storing your data in their databases and you don't get access to it, that means you will essentially be um, be forced to work with them for a long time. You know, um, I, I've seen some cases where people who had like a let's let's say like a bad faith solution or approach to the situation, they would be able to kind of hold companies hostage because they're like, yeah, I collected the last four years of your session data. Um, if you want to keep using it, you have to pay me to send that over to you. Um, <laughs> and that, that, that kind of sucks, you know, because the company just never kind of built their own, um, never built their own capacities to be able to work with this or to just kind of be, be able to take over these duties. And then they just, just have this, this leech kind of sitting in their organization, just, you know, sucking out some of the blood. Um, you know, I, so, I always have this conversation uh, with organizations regarding tracking, and I always saying that you need somebody to help you to do the ground zero. Mm-hmm. But you will, in later stages, after a year or two, when you see that you have already financial model, this is the time actually that you're starting to think about bringing data scientists on to bring your own analysts because you're saying, okay, I cannot anymore sustain myself on external services. And many of them, what they figuring it out is that their data got hijacked by somebody mm. that wants now a lot of money to be able to give it to them if he even stored it. You know, I had, I had this case a, a couple of months ago where I was talking to, to somebody who told me that the company that they were using for tracking is storing the data and they asking them for a, an imaginary number. I think it was almost 120,000 euros for them to transfer a one and a half years of data out of their server to the company server. Yeah. Like the, longer, the longer this goes, the more you're locked into their services and the more you're kind of struggling to kind of, or the easier it becomes to charge insanely high bills to you. Um, and I think, as, as you said before, in the end, you would, you would need to kind of establish ownership of your own data at some point. At the same time, it's super understandable that a, a company is just starting out and it just has other concerns, is trying to build their value proposition to their clients or customers, um, that they wouldn't want to build a BI operation from scratch. You know, um, it, it totally makes sense that if you're in the business of, I don't know, selling insurance online, then you're not in the business of hiring a BI team and maintaining a data warehouse. Um, those are just you shouldn't be things. yeah exactly you shouldn't be um, and you shouldn't be forced to reinvent the wheel every time you start a new company so there's definitely a, a place for these consultants it's just that you have to be careful on a business level that 
it wouldn't be able to to be turned into leverage to kind of keep you stuck in these long running contracts. Um, because the dirty secret is storing and maintaining and processing this data on some level it can be automated very well and it's not incredibly expensive for the agency, especially if they have the process that's kind of standardized. So it's easy to do price gouging on the clients while at the same time for you, you run your automated data processing scripts for a lot of the time and you just kind of hold on to the data and pay for the, um, pay for the cloud storage. It's, bas- it's basically like uh, making tomato sauce with uh, vodka. Eh? You always think you're going to get drunk, but at the end of the day, you're getting nothing. It's all evaporating, and then you're getting stuck with just tomatoes. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I never thought about that. You haven't tried it? No. Oh, you should do that. That's one of the best uh, pasta sauces I've ever done. Shot of vodka for yourself, and then a shot of vodka to the tomatoes. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. Um, so we talked about external agencies, uh, tooling, starting out. I think one thing that's also important just for everyone to kind of know is to just have this this um, this uh, through line. So collecting the data, storing it somewhere, and then looking at your reports. Um, I think it's it's this easy. It's just that all these tools usually only cover one part of it. And... Um, the part that makes that that causes problems is not always the one that you think. So as we said before, right, you may spend a lot of time looking for visualization tools when the real problem is that your storage is just kind of messed up and fragmented. Um, or I also remember a company that spent a lot of time on kind of trying to figure out, look for an issue in their in their ETL, so in the, in their data processing pipelines, um, because there was some some marketing data was missing, some session data. Um, and then it turned out to just be a tracking issue and a relatively simple one. It's just that the BI team wasn't in charge of the tracking. The tracking team wasn't responsible for the numbers. And in the end, it was just a business stakeholder who was just kind of um, angry and confused and just didn't know why his, why his campaigns looked like they were not generating any more profits. So how, how would you fix such a thing? Um, so those are the cases where you would usually want to do an, an audit, right? So an audit is essentially being done by an external party that is impartial and doesn't have these problems of like, you know, the BI is not in charge of the tracking, the tracking team is not in charge of the numbers and so on. The external auditor usually is very specialized in the infrastructure that you have yourself. And they would just spend one or two days to just test through all these parts of your tracking and, and processing funnel. And they would usually find something in a matter of days that you in your kind of fragmented, big, complicated organization maybe only find in, uh, yeah, in months or maybe not even in months. So, so let me ask you that. Now, let's say that you need to go into a company and set up a tracking for them on their website, on their app. What will be your best approach? So as I see it, for me, tracking is always something that should be in-house, but would you go with the same, same approach as well here? Yeah, I mean, what you have to keep in mind is that, um, as I said, the, the initial setup is, is something that for someone who knows what he's doing takes doesn't take a whole lot of time um, and can fix a lot of problems in the future. At the same time, of course, you want your, your front-end developers to be aware of, of what how the tracking works because otherwise they may just unknowingly break it every now and then. So um, I think it makes sense to get help for the initial setup and then to move it in-house from there because... There's, there's a number of approaches that could work for you that are different. So some classical, typical websites where you want to do a lot of tracking based on URLs 
is different from a progressive web app, for example, where you have a lot of uh, tracking based on events and event names. And those things are also kind of differ in, in how you would want to handle them. Um, but as I said, a lot of simple use cases to someone who's, who's, who's well aware of how to put in the, the, the basic tracking hooks. Um, it totally makes sense to get a little bit of help for that. But you have to force your front-end developers to actually listen pretty closely and to just kind of take ownership of it at some point. You know, because I, I, I met a lot of uh, front-end developers and also back-end uh, that refused to work with tracking because they said it's not their responsibility. But on the other side, when somebody externally tried to get to their uh, app and start implementing tracking, they were fighting like hell. I don't know how to, to even solve such an issue. You know, this yeah. is something that always disturbing me. The, the typical discussion that I've seen a, a million times is that the, the developers are complaining that their, their uh, website is getting slower and slower because there are so many tags that are being fired on it. So essentially the tags are important to them, but they also sometimes refuse to think about think more about what they're good for, what they're used for, because it's it's not like, like a developer who's thinking about this in, in a smart way couldn't make a difference because you could definitely think about the timing. You know, there are some old tags out there that are synchronous, so they just kind of run at the same time as the website does. Some of the newer tags can actually be fired with a different, with, with the sort of delay or just whenever you have time to fire them. Um, so there's a lot of reasons why a front-end developer could be super helpful to, to kind of getting this, uh, getting a better implementation. It's just that you have to find a way to make a concerted effort. So the marketing people have to explain what it's needed for, what the specifications are. The developers have to talk about the downsides and why they maybe suggest one solution over another. Um, and the most luxurious approach that I've seen so far is just having an actual MarTech team. So an actual in-house team that is specifically um, consists of developers who also know a lot about this technical side of, of tracking and marketing, um, of marketing tracking. So there is a solution and it's out there. People just need to figure it out and then start using it. Yes, there's a lot of Lego blocks uh, laying around and on the ground. And I think a lot of people are just confused looking at them. But the point is not that you don't have solutions. The point is just that it's hard to pick the right ones and connect them. Good. So I would say that uh, we can wrap this episode about tracking. Uh, I will invite everybody who have questions actually about tracking to uh, let us know. You can send us an email, you can comment, and we would love to hear from you. Yes, definitely. Um, I, as I said before, you know, it, it's a topic that is a little bit boring in a way. Um, at the same time, it's absolutely essential. Good, Mitch. It's been a pleasure then, and talk soon. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the What the Data podcast. 